All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Have we chased everybody off, you think? Not sure what, uh, we've got a lot of folks that are gone. Well, I am, did anybody else have fun playing with Scratch? No? Will you admit it? Maybe? Okay. (laughs) That's good. Well, we are today having our third day of Scratch. It is the 10th of November for the recording. And make sure you check in with our attendance. Um, remember, attendance is 10% of your grade, so hopefully we'll get a few more folks that will come in today. I really, uh, I really think that the only way to learn Scratch is to play with it and to be around other people who are playing with it and doing stuff and ask them, you know, how do you do that and, and figure that out. Today we are going to uh, do a video share and an app share, and then um, we're gonna we'll talk a little bit about the assessment for our Scratch projects. And I want to get your input and thoughts on it. And we're going to invite different people who want to just to share a little bit about what they learned. And then I printed out on the handy-dandy color printer these things called scratch cards, which I have linked on our page. And they're real neat. You just basically use a paper cutter to cut around the edges, fold them, glue them, and here you go. You have 12 scratch cards with 12 different skills. And we're going to kind of do a speed dating activity where you grab a partner, give you five minutes, you have a card, it has instructions, and you'll figure out with your partner how to do that scratch skill, and then we'll come up and show them to each other and teach each other at the front of the room. So it's a little bit like a jigsaw in that way. So how many, have I shown you the jib-jab Halloween thing that my mom made? Do you all know about jib-jab? Yeah. Okay, so I know it's not Halloween anymore, it's Thanksgiving, but kind of still on the Halloween theme, thinking about stuff from scratch, and so uh, ways to be creative and differences between video creativity and sites like JibJab and then thinking about scratch. Um, how would some of you who have seen JibJab before describe it? What does is, what is JibJab let you do? What's that? Elf yourself. yourself, right. How many people have seen the Elf Yourself holiday? Yeah, uh, like that went around the time. So beyond saying Elf Yourself, if somebody hasn't seen that, how do you describe it? Yep. So it's a photo sort of cropping activity where... Where you uh, import photos of folks that you want to make into vid- your put in your video, and then JibJab has a predefined video sequence, and you make those people dance around or do whatever you want. So my mom, I'm quite proud of her, is really into JibJab. Thinks it's really fun, and so she created this holiday JibJab, and so you're going to see all the members of my family in this. Now this is fun, and and it's it's a good thing. But when I had a chance to speak in Holland, Michigan, like, I don't know what that was, three or four weeks ago on a Wednesday, I actually, it was interesting, I got a chance to talk to them about uh, Christian digital storytelling and have basically an ethical and uh, faith-based focus on technology. And I'm not going to do that today, but I am going to ask you to be aware, as you watch this, of some of the moral messages or some of the themes which are in this that 
may not have been quite the message my mom was thinking she wanted to, you know, share to do this for fun. This is fun and this is great, but there's different issues that come up with this. So let's take a look. different way, right? Because somebody else has created a story and they've gotten the music and they've put, put it all together and basically what the person has to do is a good cropping job of photographs and so uh, I think this is a lot of fun. And I'm not wanting to totally rain on the parade of jib-jab, but did you pick up anything as far as messages there? I mean, this is a very mainstream culture, uh, you know, pro- promiscuity, sexuality, um, drinking, uh, I don't know, I mean, you fill in the blanks, but if you look at the word, isn't that interesting? We're surrounded by that. That completely envelops our culture, and um, one of the things that's important, uh, irrespective, irrespective of your you know, views on any of those character issues or, or ethical choices, would be, we need kids to get aware of that, right? You need to be aware of how you are having messages all around you. I've probably mentioned this before, just going to the grocery store and checking out and looking at the magazine rack and having kids understand none of those people look that good. Every single one of them is airbrushed, right? That's a big issue as far as identity and feeling like, you know, we're not skinny enough and all of these kinds of things. How do we do that? How do we get kids to become more aware of media messages, to become more critical thinkers, and possibly, and hopefully, not be just pawns and be manipulated by the messages that they have around us. Well, one of the ways is to create media and to create things with the digital tools that we have. So, JibDab is, is fun, and it lets us do that, but I think Scratch really takes it to another level. 
So I have two app shares to start out with. The first one is the Scratch for iPad and iPhone, and it's not available. It got taken off of the App Store in April, and uh, you can read different posts and things like that, that that they have. The Scratch team at MIT commented on it. And basically, Apple is concerned, and I, I think there's very good reason for this, about viruses running on their devices. And so the fact that it runs code and scripts, they want to make sure it doesn't, you know, put bad stuff on, on your device. Um, how many of you have had a virus on a computer you have used before? Have one right now. On that note, I have a couple of you have talked to me about Scratch and having trouble with your machine or whatever. Realize that the computers that are here in the college, I'm, I'm, I don't, are the ones that are across the hall set up the same as this one? Do they have Scratch on them? Have anybody checked? Okay, so that's what I wanted to mention because you can download it and install it. These computers are set up to just erase whatever we change after we're done. And we can, we can verify that with them over there, but I'm pretty sure they're set up the same way so that each time it restarts, it, it goes back to a clean image of what it was. So if Scratch is not on the computer that you need to use, uh, this is, of course, linked from our website that you can also just Google for Scratch and then you can just download it and put it on that machine and then install it. Um, I do not know why in the lab we have this issue where if one of us logs in and it happened with my stuff too, it, it logs in for all of us. It's a, that's a security flaw that Scratch has. Um, so make sure you log out and I don't, I don't know if there's anything that we can do about that. Um, we're not going to go in and mess with somebody's stuff, but make sure you, know, you log out when you're done. Um, do know where to click to download Scratch after you get it? Or I mean after you log in? Is it at the bottom? Yeah, very good. There's a link. There's download. So click that download link and also notice that you don't have to fill out this form especially if you've done it before, just click the link at the bottom that says uh, skip, go direct. And there's, there's the download links for the Mac, Windows, and Linux, or Ubuntu, which is a flavor of Linux that runs free on computers that you can uh, download and install. Any comments or questions about having access to Scratch or you know trouble that you have installing it or using it? Has anybody used it in, in one of the other labs yet? or whatever the lab across the hall. How many of you have installed it on your own computer or a computer that you can have access to? Okay. Has anybody had difficulty with the process or run into challenges? Stop Emily said she had to restart yesterday because there was a weird thing going on with the script and after she restarted, then it was good, but it was acting funky. Okay. So, not sure what that is. That's generally a good troubleshooting thing whenever, you know, weird things, your computer starts to act a little bit slow. Um, we, we're definitely having a lot of time, multiple weeks as far as working on Scratch, and we'll talk here in a minute about some ideas for the assessment. And um, I, I don't, I encourage you, please, do not wait until 
you know, the night before it's due and decide, oh, guess I better open up scratch. I mean, that is not going to be a good formula for success in this particular project. So, okay, well, my app here today is called Diptych. And Diptych is a little app that lets you create collages like this on your mobile device, on your iOS device. So this was a uh, series of pictures that I took when we went to Frontier City as a family a couple weeks ago, and um, that was kind of the theme of my, my Scratch project, too. And I mentioned this one last time, but I don't think I, sh I shared it. So last week I talked to you about Camera Bag, and I mentioned Color Splash. Uh, Diptych is, um, I think, about $3 or $1.99, something like that. And what it does is it loads up these different frames, essentially, uh, to say how, what, you know, what kind of a frame do you want to have. And let's say I want to go for this one that just has four squares in each corner. So I click on it, and then I click in the box, and either I can take a photo or select a photo from my album. So I'll select um, photos from my album, and I could actually... Um, end up using the same photo a couple times. I'm pinching the uh, photograph to make it bigger. All right, so there's my dad. And then I'll select another picture, and I'll get the same actual image. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to move it and then make it bigger by pinching. I'll get that situated like I want to. And then I'll do it again. And this time I'll put Rachel in there. And then I'll get the last one. Oops. Okay, I'll do myself. Alright, that's horrible. So we won't go with that. I will select a prior photograph that I took before. Well, here's a picture of me at the Apple Store with the new MacBook Air, which I do not have, but I would love to have. All right. So, how long has that like not shown my picture? Okay. Oh, is that what threw it off? Okay. Feel free to interrupt me and say, Wes, you screwed up. Go ahead and save it, and then I'll exit this. I don't know what happened if my phone's app that was running to share the screen went off or what. I decided that it was easier to just plug this in rather than try and do the wireless thing. Okay, so once I have the, the only uh, step that I missed 
was um, the last one where you say save save the picture. After you pick the pictures that you want, you get them set like you want. Okay, then you just click the button there in the corner that says export, and there's two choices in the corner. Upper left says to photos, upper right says to email. I say to photos, then that image is now in my saved photos. So if I go to my photo library, and I look at my camera roll, my last, oh, remember that one is? There's the one that I made as a demo. And so it's just a photo collage. And that's kind of cool to be able to do that on the fly. And you can, you know, use the, the camera bag app that I had showed last time to do transformations and things like that or fil apply filters to your pictures and then, um, you know, put them together in a collage to uh, be able to create something different. Anybody have any any other photo apps that they have used? Bless you. Besides uh, Photoshop uh, Elements Express, we mentioned that one last time. Are there any other ones that you all have used that let you do anything with pictures? Nope. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about our assessment and then um, do some sharing. Maybe I'll... Uh, Maybe I'll share first, actually. You all inspired me last time. And I took the idea of being able to... Have you seen the monster around? <laughs> being able to take some images that we had taken together at uh, Frontier City. Move them around a little bit. And I, I thought I was just going to tell a story, but, but then I ended up making a game. Oh, okay. I didn't move it fast enough. It, I didn't um, know how, as our hand, our handout today is going to tell us, I didn't know how to make the arrow keys so you can go up and down and, and left and right and things. Um, so I just made it where you move the mouse, uh, move the mouse around. Um, so you all showed me last time how you can put scripts on the stage and then you can also put scripts on individual sprites. So this project has uh, three different sprites and on the stage um, there's some things that happen when the flag is clicked. So it, um, it waits three seconds um, because the first thing that I have happen when the flag is clicked is I have it 
show my face to go to the middle of the screen, which, what are the coordinates of the center? Is it 1010 or is it 0? Okay. Maybe it is. That's a good question. I, I put 0, 0 thinking that that was the origin of the, of, the, of the axes. There is a background that I haven't imported yet, but Chris Fetcher talks about in the video we'll watch next week for about scratch. And so um, I just I wanted to go to the middle, and I set it, I set it to 100%, and uh, then play the, uh, the question, have you seen the monster? Then it waits. It, cha- it goes into a 15-series loop where it uh, reduces in size and waits a tenth of a second, and then it hides. So that was the initial animation where the, the face um, comes in, says the, uh, asks the question, and then it, it uh, goes away. Um, meanwhile, on the stage, when the flag is clicked, it waits three seconds, which is for that question to get asked, and then it broadcasts um, a, an event. Is that the right word for it? Has anybody looked it up? I haven't looked in the thing, but that was something else we talked about last week was this idea that you can broadcast things and then stuff can happen when that broadcast happens. It's kind of like an announcement saying, hey, it's time, you know, for Act 1 to start, and then other things can happen at the same time. So so after it plays the, the um, wait three seconds, the Thriller Laugh event starts, and it uh, plays that, and then 11 seconds later, it says that, that, that it's a, a, the thriller intro is going to play and then that's going to loop forever. So that's kind of the music um, that happens there. Um, so what else happens? When the thriller intro music starts, then I just use um, a couple commands to show my uh, sprite, reduce it in size by a fourth, so set the size to 25%, go to the corner, and basically glide across the screen. This is kind of what I envisioned originally this project was going to be, was just, you know, the the little icons of Sarah and I moving around the screen. Um, So it draws a box around the screen like that. Then it broadcasts a message that says, ready for Sarah. So that's a signal to say, okay, now Sarah can come on the screen. And I duplicated this code. Uh, Have you all used the... um, the, the duplicate yet for being able to get things. That is awesome when you set something like that up because, you know, that had the coordinates of going to the different corners and I wanted Sarah to do the same thing. So in addition to duplicating it here, I just drug it over onto her icon and then that allowed her to, her, her sprite to have the same, the same thing. So initially when it's clicked, Sarah's sprite is hidden and when the broadcast message ready for Sarah is visible or when it comes it's broadcast uh, her size is set to 20% it goes to the corner it shows her and then it glides Um, so it does that same thing where it just kind of follows and then after we both get around the, the whole screen one time it broadcasts another event called the monster enters and plays the sound, goodness no, uh, which would be a lot better if it was her voice, but I didn't have access to her, so it's just me. Get, you kinda, and I don't have a, a vis-a-vis pin. 
I kind of think this is like a storyboard for events. You know, I'm going to play the thriller laugh, and then the thriller song is going to start, and then I'm going to go around the screen, and then these other events are going to happen. So, you know, all kinds of ways to create things in scratch, but this is a project where several events are happening, and then some different objects are, are going to move based upon that. So, when the monster enters, Sarah's going to do some things, I'm going to do some things, and the monster is going to do some things. I guess I probably better go back to the monster, too. The monster is, when, you, when we click the green flag, is just starting. Um, he's going to wait five minutes, five seconds. He's going to be half his size, and then he's going to show up here in the corner, and he's going to glide to the other corner and hide. So that was the, the action uh, for him. Um, when the monster enters flag comes, then he's going to go over here to the side, he's going to show up, and then take a look at this code, and I know it's a little hard to see, but you can download that on your computer if you want to. Want to. Um, this was a new command, it was point towards Sarah. So basically I wanted to make a game, or I decided that would be kind of fun to do a game. So the monster is always going to point towards Sarah, and it's always going to move five steps towards her. And then I said, wait a quarter of a second and just loop forever. So this was important to play with because if the monster was too fast, the game wasn't any fun because she got caught right away. It just went to her and actually jiggled and moved around on her. And if it was too slow, it wasn't fun. So immediately that introduced, you know, some different, bless you, some different math as far as having to figure stuff out. Um, my character is basically just going to follow Sarah, but doesn't get to do anything else. So it says when the monster enters, um, it's going to point towards Sarah and move slower and change colors. But that's all that I had my character do. There's no way to control my, my uh, little icon. And then here's what Sarah does when the monster enters. It says, move your mouse to save me. And then it, it actually moves up a little bit away from the monster. And then this loop happens forever. It's going to point towards the mouse pointer. It moves 10 steps and then waits a quarter of a second and changes color. I put an if. This is, these are called uh, nested expressions. So, um, and I didn't start out with it looking like this. I just tried some different things and, and put, put some other things in. But it says, if Sarah touches the monster, then play the drum for half a second, think, ugh, game over for two seconds, and then repeat this ten times, change the whirl effect, reduce the size by ten, and then wait a quarter of a second, which basically makes her disappear, and then she hides. Okay? The last thing that happens is um, when, when that last uh, event happens, it, broad, uh, it broadcasts over. So it basically holds up the flag to say, show's done. And then over on the stage, it says, when I receive over, stop all sounds, wait one second, and stop everything. I actually, it, I could have just stopped everything right away, but um, anyway, that is what happened. So let's watch that one more time. And one of the things I noticed was when you uh, play it, here, you can see it kind of highlight the different elements of the script when they happen. Yeah.
I guess the other part I didn't mention is how did I get my music? And I'll tell you that in a second. So now it becomes controllable when she starts changing colors. And I had to play with this speed because if Sarah wasn't fast enough, ah, shoot, then it, you know, it's not very fun because the game's over too fast. That's a really different kind of experience than just making a jib-jab movie. So while our scratch projects can be music videos like we saw the Monster Mash on Monday and be just straight up storytelling, they have this ability to accept user input and then let people do things based on the situation that you set up. and. There are all kinds of, of possibilities for what um, that can look like. Let me give you um, 60 seconds or so. Turn, turn to your neighbor and talk about that and talk about that project. This is the part where you need to talk. I'll give you a minute, buddy. All right, anybody want to share a comment or a thought? You don't have to praise me. I'm not looking for that. You're Go ahead and tear into me. You can just say how silly that was. No, seriously, when we, when we share our work with other people, whether that's our writing or our art or anything that we've made, we're a little bit vulnerable, right? In your classroom, you need to build a culture of support and respect and make sure you 
help students deliberately understand the ways to respectfully comment and give feedback about each other's work, right? Because it's easy for that. It's a lot easier in a classroom for creativity to get shut down and everybody to clam up than it is to have it open where people are willing to share, are willing to expose what they've made, are willing to tell you what they don't understand, you know, that kind of thing. So, what was the comment you made or your neighbor made or thought? I'm not looking for anything that's oh, shattering, just what, you know, something small. Anything new in that project that you hadn't seen before? Okay, the sensing ones. So the the commands up here uh, that are uh, light blue. In fact, when we do our speed dating scratch card deal, these are all color coded. They're nice thing about using a color uh, printer to um, the the color. And I don't think there's actually anything here. There's not a sensing one that's in that, but um, I I thought it was cool. I guess I just did this one touching. Um, right. Right. I found one that said bounce. I think under motion. It says if on edge bounce. And then you did the one that said, you, you did if touching and you said edge. Right. Cool. So if touching the edge and then, so you have to do a control, pardon me, a control with an if, and then this is putting in the condition. So if touching the edge, then hide. Like that? Cool. Which one? The touching edge? So at the, uh, if you click sensing, um, and then the very top one, the touching is not up there at the top? Really? Huh. Oh, you were on the sprite. Okay. Yeah. So if you're on the stage, it doesn't do that. That's a good thing to notice. So the actual commands that are available on the stage are different than the commands available in the sprite. Didn't know that. Okay. And that's an important thing to try to try to think about too is, I mean, where do I make these scripts? Do I put it on the stage or, you know, do I put it on a sprite? And I, and I guess if it's specific to one sprite, then, then that's where it goes. If it's something that isn't specific to one, then it can go either place. Bless you. But the broadcast flag or whatever that's called, uh, the broadcast message, those can happen anywhere. So a broadcast can happen over on the sprite. A broadcast can happen over on the stage. It's an announcement that goes to the entire program. Hello, it's act two. And then you use that to sequence what happens next. What else was new or did you comment on on this one? 
Yeah, I like Michael Jackson a lot. <laughs> and and thank you for sharing that. You you might notice I'm using a lot more wait time with this. Wait time is critical. Most teachers do not do a good job with wait time. And if you want the input of folks in your class, like I really want here, sometimes you gotta wait. It's a little awkward, huh? Everybody can talk, but people do eventually. They do. Uh, so I'll flip over to my laptop just because I, I didn't copy it over. I showed you last time how it was possible to edit the sprite, just kind of like kid pics, or I, and I told you about, um, anybody remember the name of the program? TuxPaint, thank you, which is a free, a free program. Can anybody tell me why this Google search was really dangerous? Especially if I wasn't on a Mac. Absolutely. Viruses are just more generally malware. Bad programs. So people write malicious, meaning harmful, scripts that attack your computer to get your identity, to um, take over your computer and make your computer into what's called a zombie. Have you ever heard of that? Sounds like, hey, it's a Halloween thing. But it's, what it is, um, there are folks that control tens of thousands of Windows-based computers by these malicious programs that they've put in. And sometimes you're not even aware of it. But what happens is that program is running on your machine, and when they want to attack someone, <laughs> they literally have uh, tens of thousands of these computers, and they hit a keystroke, and all of those computers just basically visit a website or you know, send a request, and it overwhelms. It's called a denial of service attack. Anyway, th this is how it happens. People do searches for seemingly innocuous things and click. Guess what? Ah, I got a bad thing on my computer. So I am not going to recommend that you do um, lots of searches for things like free MP3s and ringtones because there, there definitely are programs like that. You know, one of the reasons I love using a Mac, I don't even run antivirus or malware because there are no malware programs in the wild for the Mac, period. There's zero, and I just don't have to worry about it. Um, at some point, maybe there will be, and then I'll run an antivirus program. But I found a website. It had a Michael Jackson MP3. I actually do own that song, um, but I don't have my iTunes computer where that is. So here it is. This is a 5.7 meg file. This is... This is the whole thing. And, of course, if you're familiar with that song, it starts with the creaking door. And then, uh, who's the guy that laughs at the end? I should know his name. We, we can Google for him. Google for his name. Let's, what video thriller? Who's the, the person who's at the end? Anyway, what I needed to do was uh, was make that uh, opposite. So here's what I did. Um, Audacity is a free program for audio editing. You just open it up. You say import. You bring in the audio file that you have imported. Here it comes. And this whole song is about six minutes long. Go right to the middle. Play wherever I want to. And, oh, what do you think this little space is right here at the end? Any ideas? Vincent Price, is that right? Anybody Google for it? Okay, is that right? So Vincent Price. So this... 
Benjamin. Surprise! How cool is that? So what I wanted to do was I just wanted that part as a um, as a sound. So just like I would highlight text, I copied it, I made a new Audacity file, and I pasted it. Huh? Ta-da! <laughs> you can see it's 10 seconds long. And then I just exported that as an MP3 file and put that on my, on my desktop. So what I ended up with were two different MP3 files. One I called Thriller Intro, um, which is the laugh. And then the other one was um, the, be- the beginning of the song. And I did the first uh, 60 seconds of the song. So Audacity, free program to use, just like Scratch. Uh, except it's open source, meaning it's coded by volunteers um, who contribute their time and legally cannot sell the code to that program. Scratch is, is by MIT and they own it. Uh, they give it away free. But in both cases, you could put that on all your computers at home, school, library, and um, having some custom pictures and some custom music was kind of cool. Any other comments about uh, a different thing that you observed in that project or something that you noticed? Emily, I heard you say something about the end. What did you say about the end? Uh, Right. So at the end, I didn't realize this either. But this is where programs like this bring up these issues, right? I'm sitting there, and my my song just keeps going and going and going, and the game's over. Like, uh, how do I stop that? So I explored around and found under control that choice at the very bottom, which says, stop all. (laughs) It's all right. Just waking up the side of the room over there. Um, so that was just something that I that I discovered. Um, play. You've got to play in order to learn how to do this stuff. And you got to see other examples, right? You all inspired me uh, last Monday, and so based on some of the things that you showed me, I figured out how to do some new things. I didn't do, move any backgrounds, but I, I learned more, I moved forward, and, and I have fun. So... Um, before we give a few of you a chance to share, if you would like, and I would love it if at least a couple people would share, on our links for today, I have a link that says, uh, well, there's one that says Exam 2 Monday. Um, remember, that is going to take place during class. Email me if you're going to have difficulty taking it in cl- uh, at regular class time at 11 a.m. on Monday. But we're not here. You get to take it wherever you want. The questions are basically listed as topics, and they're not going to be hard and difficult. I am not going to give you a really obscure Scratch question. When you create a variable in Scratch and you want to blah, 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 it's not going to be, you know, horrible. Um, I I expect everybody who's done the assignments to get 100%. It's going to be an easy test. But if you haven't watched those videos um, or played with Scratch, you know, you might miss a question. So make sure you've done those assignments. And again, if you have not turned in some of your assignments and some of you still owe assignments, please, please turn those in so you can at least get 80% credit on them because, um, you know, I've never given anybody an F before. I don't really want to do that. Um, But if you don't turn in your assignments, you can't get points in the class. So... Contact me if you're having trouble. I really don't want to give anybody an incomplete. If your house burns down or you have a death in the family, I'll consider it. But 
I gave four incompletes uh, ignorantly last semester when I was teaching, and it's just a bad idea. It's not good for you. It's not good for me. And um, no, nobody wants an incomplete. So that was on there. And it also says scratch assignment, creativity brainstorming. So here on this doc, maybe, um, I basically put my ideas for the assessment for Scratch, and uh, I'll throw this out here and see if you what, what ideas you have. Here's the challenge. I want you to, number one, be creative, number two, make stuff, and number three, share how you're learning about this. Okay? That's a very different assignment than saying, I want you to memorize all 50 states and capitals and be able to regurgitate them when I snap my fingers. Okay? That's a different kind of assignment. I don't know what the best uh, way to assess this is, but I think a good thing is getting you, encouraging you to share uh, several things and, and do, do things several times. So what I put up as a proposal was two different options. Option one is to share three, at least three different projects on the Scratch site. Or option two would be to share one really big, awesome one. If you absolutely don't want to join the Scratch site and you absolutely don't want to post something online, uh, email me and that's fine. And you can send it to me uh, directly. We'll work out a way for you to do that through Moodle. Uh, and you don't have to share publicly. I would love it if you would use a screen name that's gibberish. You know, use you know wild, Texas you know wildflower or whatever. I mean, you don't have to use your name. But it would be great to learn how that works and how you can then download other people's projects and that, get some experience in that whole project. But if you're really you know bound and determined, you don't want to do that. You can still get 100% on this assignment without joining the Scratch community and sharing publicly. Um, the idea behind that assessment is a story. Have I told you the story about the chemistry teacher who was getting his students to make ceramics? Have I told you that story? So the story is that the art teacher, did I say chemistry teacher? The art teacher, how about that? The art teacher wanted students to be creative, learn to make different kinds of ceramics, and, and make good ceramics, too. But he had to give a grade, and I say he. Maybe it was a she. I don't know. So two, the teacher had two different classes. Let's say it's a she. And in her first class, she told the students, you're going to have one big project, and um, that's it. Your whole grade's going to be based on it. So do a good job, and let's go to work. And that's what that class was told to do for their grade. The second class was told, you'll be graded in this class based on the weight of ceramics you actually fire and make. And if you create 50 pounds of ceramics in the class this semester, you're going to get an A plus, 100%. If you do 40 pounds of ceramics, you're going to get a B. If you do 30 pounds of C, etc. What would you predict happened when, at the end of the semester, they had a gallery of the best work? Um, what would your predictions be? Do you have any thoughts on where the best of work might have come from? Okay. Actually, it was the project where they made a lot. Because the kids who had a big project sat around and theorized about it, and they worried about it, and they planned about it, and they didn't make stuff. But the class that was encouraged to make a lot actually ended up learning a lot more because what they do? They 
created and they failed and they did it again and you know they iterated basically creativity requires iteration there's a I'm not the expert on creativity um, I uh, you know I love creativity and I think we need more creativity in our schools the reason why we're not having class this next week is because of this I'm having a chance to attend the World Creativity Forum, which is in Oklahoma City, um, basically Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, to hear, you know, people that I just have heard about but never gotten to see in person. And, you know, I'm I'm wondering about this question. What's what's the best way to, to do creativity? So my thought would, would be basically to give you those two choices. You self-select. Do you want to just do one big project? And if you do... Um, then you'll go with option two and everybody will basically post to the blog, link to their um, scratch profile, embed their project, and then write a reflection about what you've learned. Um, option one hopefully is, le- is, is not as high stakes because, hey, you know, just do three different things. Try some different scripts, try some different ideas, um, make one that's a story, make one that's a game, make one that um, maybe the quiz or I don't know I mean do, do something different but basically take take three different ideas um, does anybody have any thoughts about that or ways to change this because this is not in stone this is completely up for um, when do you think it should be due by there's two more things that I have to teach you uh, to do to make a screencast and this which the screencast is not a problem in fact we may do screencasts about scratch so I'm pretty sure those are the only two remaining things on the syllabus Um, oh yes that's the wiki so we've talked about that but we're going to actually see an example of that and that's going to be linking to different projects that we've done so it's not going to be I'll, I'm going to probably teach you how to use Glogster and give you an option if you want to use Glogster to embed because it can kind of make your make your wiki neat you know with the way that it's it's navigated so we do we do have that to talk about too um you know, if it's due too late, then people procrastinate too much. I also need some time to be able to review those. I'm, I still am not finished looking at your voice threads and your uh, your uh, checkpoint two blog posts. So, for me, I need some. I need it to be. But does anybody have a preference about due date? Okay. Uh huh. Well, and I. So, like maybe the beginning of December. Anybody else? Okay. I mean, there's nothing that could definitely stop you from submitting this now and getting it done. I'm just thinking, like, if we do it early, like, give you enough time to, like, be able to put it in the kitchen and do all your things. Well, if we look at. Yeah, I don't understand it that well. I don't want to just do something and 
Right. Yeah, that's why we're definitely, you know, taking multiple weeks to do it. Um, well, and I, I want you to take time to actually do a good, a good job on this. I don't want you to, you know, just... Can you do early December, but, like, if, as people get done, could they email you and say, like, I'm finished... Like, maybe you could yeah, I'll have it open so anybody can submit at any time. Um, okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll I'll put the quiz out and just leave and just leave it open. So, um, I think our our final is the week of the thirteenth. Is that right? Mm-hmm. The thirteenth and fifteenth. I'm going to find out for sure. I was asking today in the, in the department when the final is, and I couldn't get a good answer. So, I think it's in class probably on the thirteenth. Um, but I'm going to find out for sure. So, yes. Um, can you have, like, a guideline of how complex feeling is? Yes. What I consider. Right. What things you want to do? I'd rather do a big project with one, but I don't know what you consider complex. Mm. And so this is part of the challenge, too, right? Because I want you to be creative, and this is where creativity sort of goes right against the grain of what we are trained to do in school, which is, what do you want? <laughs> you know, tell me, you know. So, I could define some good ideas for what a creative project might. Well, let's bring some of that together. So, let's bring some of that together. What it, what's in a creative project? What's a creative project going to look like? Things moving, sounds, different backgrounds, um, more than one sprite. You want to see, like, we have to use two from each category, you know, or is there... I, I don't want to... One of the things, bless you, one of the things about creativity is... The more I define it, the less space that gives you to, to basically be creative. So I want to strike a balance where I'm not being so narrow that, oh, man, everybody's got to do a story. I really want to do a game. Um, One of the things I was doing, like, if I turn in something that I think was hard to do, but you like, I need to more on Right. Yeah, like, I well, let me guarantee you that you will get 100% on this assignment if you put in effort... Um, you have fun with it, and you, you make something that you like. You're gonna you're gonna do 100%. This, none of the assignments in this class are gotchas. Ooh, I'm really you know gonna push you hard to get. I want you to make stuff and learn and share about your learning. So that's part of. I would, would like to take the fear factor out. It's not to say, oh yeah, everyone gets 100. I mean, if you don't do the, any work and you know, or you wait to the last minute to do it. That shows. I mean, there's a saying, if you wait to the last minute, it only takes a minute, but it also shows. <laughs> if you use a big one, does it have to be a game? No, no, it doesn't have to be a game. It can be, it can be anything. Um, yeah, sure. Does it say, though, for a Monday, Wednesday, 11 o'clock class? 
Can you email me that link or um, just either in Moodle or you can send it to me in Moodle? Okay. Right, yeah, it's totally optional. If you've, you know, I hope most of you have maxed both tests and don't have to mess with them. So you don't even have to mess with a final if you're happy with your first two grades. So, okay, well, I'm gonna, I don't want to take too much more time. Please give this some more thought. Um, I want to give you choices. I know I have to give you choices to be creative. If I just stand up here and say, you will do this, that's, that doesn't allow for much creativity. Any other thoughts about this? Because I really want your input. You sure? Okay, first question. Uh huh. To, to make it uh, not. I think that's on the, t on the timing. Um, so when you want it to say something, you um, decide. Like here on Sarah's, when she says game over for two seconds, um, in, instead of choosing say hello, choose say hello for, for two seconds. You see that other brick? It loops it? Okay. Well, let me take a look at it and that, and, yeah, because we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at your script and see. All right, we've got 20 minutes. Um, would anybody be willing to share something that they learned um, playing the scratch between Monday and today? Okay, that's good. Let's give anybody who hasn't shared yet, because we had three folks share last time, would anybody else be willing to share something that you learned? Are you? Okay. Good. Moodle's fine, yeah, you can send me a message in Moodle. No disclaimers are needed. Seriously, Monday I felt like, you know, the, the first grader coming in with my, my little hand-drawn work. I learned how to change the costume or something from the stage and then um, you know, you can you can maximize it and make it full screen if you want to. It's the upper right corner, yeah. Upper right corner is the full screen, upper right. Okay. Keep going. The one that looks like a projector. Yep. And then green flag. Um, but, okay, so I learned how to change the stage, and then I learned how to make him rotate like that. Okay, how'd you do it? Um, you press escape, yeah. It's, it's the, if you like, go to the edge, it bounces, and so that's just how it's going to happen. And then I just double when the client wants to walk. Oh, and I also change the costume of my client. All right. So, move 50 steps, and then up on the edge, bounce, play the sound, and then set the fish eyes. Cool. Um, one thing you might play with, too, is are those loops. Under the control in the yellow, to have something do it repeatedly, is that's, when you get that, um, 
and that's where like when it bounces to the edge or you have input or something like that. So, how did you do the costume? I just um, I went costumes and I just imported the costume. I think that was yeah, animals. Okay. Um, I said okay, and then it stayed with there. And then when I went to script, um, then I went to work, and then switched to costume, and then I showed the Cool. Alright, awesome. Thanks for sharing. Anybody else willing to share? Can be small. All right. And you can actually just pull it out if you want to. Because when you don't have an open file, it's good to just pull out. Yeah, open folder to view files. Oops. All right. So hold hold on. So um, so you got the footsteps playing, and you got him moving. And does anybody use the glide option? Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. Do an escape and let's see your script. So, so they both. Okay. So you have a move to a specific space and glide. So one of them is the move command that is right. Cool. Does anybody else, uh, what's the right word for it? When you're unsure and you're not really confident and it's really a novel thing, you feel self-conscious, <laughs> what are other words for that? Insecure. Insecure, right? Not comfortable. You know, when we're challenged to be stretched, and like art is an example, if you would come up here and ask me, oh, well, here, make this sculpture, or, you know, do this finger painting, or, I, I mean, it's just out of my comfort zone. So, if you're feeling a little out of your comfort zone, is anybody else feeling out of their comfort zone with this? I am. Okay. Um, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, especially if we're in a supportive environment where we're going to be encouraged to create and supported when we create. All right. How many people do you Okay. Did you answer? Okay. We've got 15 minutes, so we probably better do this quick. Um, I have 12 cards. We have 13 people. So, um, one, we can have one group. Well, should we do that? No, let's let everybody be in a group. We'll have one group of three. Does that work? All right. Every group gets two cards. What I want you to do is find a partner. Uh, who would like to be our group of three? Because we can only have one. Okay, this row is the group of three. So everybody else needs to find a partner. Uh, I'm going to set these cards up here. Your group gets two cards. I'm going to give you five minutes. I want you to go back to your computers, take a look at this. It has instructions about a particular scratch block. 
and I want you to figure it out together, practice it, and then we're just going to come up kind of like speed dating, and we'll just go through it real quick and have you all teach each other. Okay, so here they are. Come grab two cards. Yep, each group gets two cards, and I'm going to set the timer for five minutes. These cards are from the Scratch website. I've got them linked on our Scratch resources page, and you can download them. They're separate PDFs, and um, just like we're using them, you can you know print them off, cut them, and use them yourself. So I think it's a kind of a cool idea. Okay, who wants to go first? Come on up. Come up with your partner. Um, I'm going to start the timer. We'll go to Scratch, and then you. So, but we gotta hurry. No, just come on up. Come on up and work with the blank stage. Okay, here we go. Group one is ready. Okay, this one is showing how you move the people to a beat. And it's pretty easy. Just get a new sprite. Pick one that's fancy. And then do that one. And then you motion and you move 30 steps. Then you pick a sound. Then you change the beat. Good action decimal, right? Oh. Just Then you move it the opposite way. Then you play the sound again. And with that, remember you probably actually duplicate it. Yeah. Yeah, you can duplicate it. And then if you want it to keep going, like it says, you do the forever thing. And here you go. She's moving. All right. Very simple. Okay. So what's your next one? Um, how do I delete this? You can dry it off. Just click and click. Okay. This one. Cat. Pick whatever cat looks good. And then, oh no! Okay, go quick. No, this is the one where he follows you. Your fo- he follows your mouth. Okay. So the mouse pointer. Yeah. Wait. What? Three steps. Yeah, it should be moved three steps. Where's that one? Two. And we'll do ten steps. And then do forever. Okay. And then. Oh, look at that. Yep. There you go. Cool. All right. Good job, first group. Okay, next group. Uh, yes, if you can leave your scratch cards up here after you do them, that'd be great. Alright, are we ready? So, I have moving animation and. Oh, well, first, you need to go away. You have to import two different sprites, and it's, they're both parrot. Oh, wait, can't go. 
costumes. Okay, so that's a good thing to note. So you're importing it as a second costume for the same sprite, yeah. rather than importing it as a second sprite. Exactly. All right, so it's gonna loop. And switch the costume. He's about to turn upside down, but just ignore him. I feel so rushed. Oh. It's speed dating with scratch cards. Well, that needs to be on top. There we go. Oh, okay. Um, switch to Paris. And then... So you switch to the costume, move, switch to the costume, move. I think that's it. If on edge, bounce. Okay, now watch him fly. And that's it. All right, good. How do you clean this? Uh, just go to file new. Uh, okay. And no. No. Uh, I had a key move, and it used this um, small cat right here. Mm -hmm. Oops, hold on. Okay, so these are key moves. Oh, yeah, you use, like drive the use the arrow key on your, on your keyboard. Okay, cool. So you're going to do up arrow down, left and right. Awesome. This is something I didn't know for my game. Okay, and instead of moving steps, you tell it the direction. Very cool. So now you get to drive. Okay. Oh, So each one's got two commands, the move and the point. And then you just use your keyboard. Cool. So this one doesn't need to be flat. Oh, and look. You go circles. That's right. Whatever. And look how he changes orientation even when, like, you didn't add costumes, right? No. Cool. It's just a single. All right. Great. Okay, next group. I think we're not sure, but also we can do it. Do you have other cards? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So this is how to change the color. You go to control and you can do when space key press. There's a look, change color effect, and then every time you press the space key, color change. This is to make it like move, gliding. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know it could do this. Well, I guess. Alright, so glide that in a second to the location. What I can figure out how to do is how to make it wide and change color. Because I wanted it to glide and flash. Okay. 
figured that one out. You did? Yeah, hold on. Oh, that was a... But you're going to have to push the space bar. Yeah. That's how we figured it out. Okay, I don't really want that to play. You. If you gotta go, please feel free to. Oh, you just want to show this one. Oh, yeah. Okay, so then. So you just press the space bar and then it glides all the coordinates that you choose. Alright. Yeah. Very cool. Alright. Okay. Alright. Good job. Um, you saw the track card? Okay. Right there. Very good. Okay. All right. Well, we didn't have time for everybody to go. Um, does anybody else want to share theirs? Yeah. 